Welcome, time travelers, to a special mini campaign here on the Aging Journey Podcast, where our first GM, other than me, will be running a game in the month of October. Please welcome a brand new cast with Captain Ziggy, Lostriel, Al, and Kapetsky. This is a reminder that there may be mature content depicted in our gameplay. But the players and the GM are using safety tools and all content warnings will be in the description below. I am not your GM for this campaign, Tanya Lashia, but I would like to warmly welcome Not Quite Normal as your GM for this Cthulhu Dark one-shot, The Purple Island. Enjoy the journey. Cool. Everyone's sounding good on my end, so... Let's dive into it. Welcome back, survivors. You're not dead yet, and we're all happy for it. Um, let's start us off with getting a brief uh, description from everyone about your characters. Starting at the top of the line, I believe that is... Ale. Um. Okay, my character is called Santiago. Um, he's from another country. Uh, he's an investigator, and yeah, he's kind of shy, and he's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then next in line, I believe that's you, Ziggy. My name is Benjamin Anderson. I am a writer of ghost story novels who is currently living a, a creepy supernatural story of his own while you know, alongside everyone else on this island. I am playing Otis Wagner, an ex-World War II pilot, and now I'm dying. Yippee. My character is Elaine Rossi, a singer, and I had just gotten out of somebody's head and finally have my own body back. And I am not quite normal, your DM, your keeper of secrets, the monster behind the curtain. So let's play a little bit of what's going on right now. Our survivors had crash-landed on this island landmass, a strange place full of massive trees and monsters in the woods. They managed to escape these creatures, uh, killing the person who sunk their boat, uh, and escaping into a collection of houses uh, in the middle of this vast forest. Although these houses didn't contain rooms in the right order, you could say. Everything from libraries to chapels to anything else you wouldn't find in a standard suburban home. They managed to escape these rooms as they began to deteriorate, pulling out interesting bits of information about the lives of the people who lived there. Uh, and managed to, I wouldn't say evade so much as survive this entity of fear and memory and trauma that was pursuing them. But sadly, they've become separated with Santiago, and Benjamin, and Elaine um, somewhere in the woods, and Otis finding himself at the edge of a cliff. Not figuratively, but literally. So we will 
pick up our story with our trio of Santiago, Elaine, and Benjamin. The woods are not quiet. There's a bit of rustling in the treetops. These trees stand hundreds of feet, providing looming shadows. The sky, the sun doesn't shine through. You, almost all of you are soaking wet, dripping water from the door, which was opened, expunging you out from the weird barracks you had found yourself in. Eva Lane and Santiago are still knees on the ground with Benjamin beside them. What's going through all of your heads right now? I believe Benjamin is still processing opening this door with the rush of water flowing out and seeing Santiago Algo, and the woman that he thought uh, died in a gunshot right in front of him. Elaine is like coughing and, and for a moment like stops to process that it's actually her lungs that are now trying to expel the water like and is very confused because it's like oh oh I'm I'm alive I thought I I thought I died that's that's cool um Santiago is trying to breathe and trying to understand what is going on As you all collectively stand there, the wind blows through the trees gently, leaves rustle across the ground, the bushes shake. It seems strangely calm for the explosion of action which you all were just through. I roll a perception check. Go ahead, roll some dice for me. Five. Five. What are you looking for? Is this a general perception check? What's the what's the goal? I am suspicious of the calm and I'm trying to figure out if there's anything I need to be worried about right at this current moment. As you look around, you take in the scenery. The stillness is weird. It's... Well, to use a commonly used statement, it feels like the calm before the storm. And as you look up, you catch the fact that the sun is filtering not just through the trees, but dark purple clouds, which are starting to drift overhead. Oh. Oh, I don't like that. I want to draw the attention of Santiago and Benjamin upwards and be like, y'all, we should probably go find some type of shelter or move away from the clouds if we can, if at all possible. After all this time of trying to hide from this storm, and now we're 
Oh, we're almost directly underneath it. Yeah, pretty unfortunate. Is there any shelter on this this island that isn't memory based madness? You know, I I'd be willing to wager the answer to that is no. There's there's the crack of thunder on the horizon. You don't see the flash. Maybe there's a twinkle in the clouds for a second. And then the loud boom dimmed by the trees. Oh. Oh, you, you know, it don't matter. We need to get out of here. I'm with you. Yeah, Benjamin just steps outside the current little shelter they were in and tries to take a good look for any sign of of stronger protection against the storm. Go ahead and roll a check for me. Three. As you cast your eyes around about... You see no shelters, no objects, just the ever-growing darkness as the clouds and the trees block out the light from above. Well, that's not good. Oh, shit. Santiago. You feel a pull in the back of your head. It's familiar. You've been hearing it and feeling it a lot in the past day. Um, can I roll a dice to know who is it? Yeah, go or ahead. What it is? Okay. Um. One. One. I would like you to roll 1d6 for me. Six. Six. Good and bad. I would like you to add one mark to your insanity as you feel your body start to move and you start to pull your hands scouring the ground as if you're looking for something and you feel like there's an impulse to search, but you're not sure what you're searching for. Okay. Hey, Santiago, where's your sanity at, by the way? I think that with this one is four. Four? And what was your health at? Uh, wait, sorry. What's your just normal health at? Um, <laughs> I don't remember. Have you taken any damage off so far? I think that I only took one. That makes sense. A lot of the other players have not taken much physical damage as well. Yeah. 
What are you all doing? I try to recover. I'm trying to stay uh, no matter what I'm what is going on through my head right now. Okay. So you're trying to take control back? Yeah. What would you say to someone? Um, try and convince. Uh, I probably right now I'm worried about Otis and where he is. Okay. You feel. Make a check for me. Okay. Roll 1d6. Um, five. You feel the force reside. You can feel the will, your own will, go back into your limbs and you stop scrambling around in the leaves on the ground. Elaine, Santiago, Benjamin, is there anything you're wanting to do anywhere you want to try going? You're surrounded by woods on all sides, um, and you can see the clouds coming in from uh, ahead of you to the north, maybe. Direction gets a little fuzzy. Honestly, Benjamin would just step back and stick close to Santiago and Elaine before making a move. I am attempting to regain my sense of self, but have enough sense, as I am apparently now the most sane, uh, to think that we should move the, away from the direction that the clouds are coming. That makes sense. So Insane I want to walk clouds. away from clouds. <laughs> Santiago, as they start to leave, you feel that the pole at your the back of your neck has rescinded um to now just as if someone had their hand there and is kind of trying to pull in a direction I you hear uh, a little okay. a whimper of Um, do they notice that I am like that? That I can move? You can move. They definitely would have seen you scrambling in the leaves. Um, can I try to reach their attention and tell them that I Yeah, go ahead. You have control of your body again. Do whatever you want. Okay. Um, guys, do, do you feel that too? I, I can move. It, but well, I can, but it's like something's pulling me. Do, do you feel that too? 
No. Oh, how peculiar. Uh, I guess I'll just write it down in my, on in my notes and, you know, just hope it doesn't happen to you too much. Elaine, what this, about you? That's what I remember feeling before I was pulled out of his head. It was like a uh, great weight. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but I don't know. I feel strange. I, I don't know what, what it is. I think it might be fear. I don't think that the whoever has taken my spot in your consciousness wants us to leave. Well, that makes sense. But how did you get rid of this? Um, any idea? I don't know if it would work the same. Okay. Um, just give me a catch. I tried to go with you, but I'm feeling kind of bad. We'll go slow. Thanks. And we're walking away from the clouds. Hear the sound of the wind picking up, whipping around you. The sky is now nearly completely dark. Not the pitch of night, but there's still a little light. But it is the dark envelope of a storm. As you guys begin to make your way Somewhere, hopefully anywhere safe, we will go over to Otis. You find yourself at the edge of a cliff. The expanse before you is vast, giving you a view of a large chunk of the island. And you can see it's an island. There's water on all sides. What are your thoughts with everything you've gone through? Uh, I mean, they're obviously quite fuzzy right now. Um, is there a stick around? Perhaps a good thwacking stick? A good thwacking stick? Make an investigation check. Ooh, it's been a while. Three. Three. You look around, you're still more or less in a clearing. You see the trees off on either side going up straight up to the edge of the cliff itself. Don't see any sticks lying around. Damn. Um, do I see anything of interest in the rest of the island that I haven't already seen? Looking out, you see... A few interesting notes. Go ahead and roll d6, and we'll just see what level of detail you can make out. Two. Two. You see... one large shape at what looks to be the tip of the island, 
there are it's dark you can see now that storm clouds are rolling in you can see that there are trees below the edge of the cliff that seem to just kind of fade away and get smaller uh and you see that the southern tip is more or less barren and empty of trees is there a way down from the cliff other than falling with your previous rolls you haven't seen one yet oh joy i suppose i'll just walk along the cliff edge then looking for a way down all right you begin to make your way along the cliff couple minutes pass are you doing anything in particular are you what what is otis's demeanor as he searches for a way down like he's just on a nice stroll on a sunday just you know taking in the sights as you do it takes you couple minutes you see an object up ahead of you you can't make it out so much but it's not on the cliff edge so much as but it up against the cliff and i see what it is um as you approach it looks like pop of a water tower Does it have it has, a name on it? Like a city name or something? Roll another d6. Got to keep the investigation flowing. Or not flowing. <laughs> Two. Two. You can see that it looks like there once was a name on the side, but it's more or less been eroded away. And the water tower itself, it looks like it's been there a while. I don't suppose I see anything of otherwise of interest. Do you approach the tower? Absolutely. As you get closer, it hits that pit of familiarity. That gut feeling of, like, deja vu. You see a couple of shapes moving on, like, the outer edge of the tower, just facing off, looking out over the valley below. Are they the right amount of shapes to be our trio? Bit smaller. It's only, it looks to only be two. Do they look human? Yeah. You see the appropriate features. How close are you getting? Um, as Basically as close as I need to to get a good look at these things without hopefully letting them see me. If you're trying to be sneaky, go ahead and roll a stealth check. Unfortunately, with the way the wind is blowing the dust around, it's hard to make them out. 
Four. Oh my god, I thought I was going to get another one. Save those for later. You manage this. You're standing off. Well, actually, how would Otis attempt to approach without gathering attention? What are you doing? I'm just kind of walk. I'm walking where I think they're not looking. Still very Sunday stroll, nonchalant, don't draw attention. Maybe if I get close enough, like, hide behind a tree or something. As you approach, you hear the faint sound of laughter on the wind. You see the one furthest away from you, like, arch back with laughter. And you see... His face, it's very familiar. That's one you haven't seen in a long time. What's your younger brother look like? Oh. Uh. Uh. He looks kind of like Otis. Uh, his hair's a little darker. No beard. Two eyes. Uh. He's got a little scar on his right cheek, but it's nothing huge. He's just a tiny bit taller. You see him there laughing. He punches the other figure in the shoulder, and then they continue to look out at the sunset. Otis is getting as far away from the water tower as possible, even if it means not following the cliffside anymore. All right. Are you going in away from the cliff? Left, right, it's your choice. I would say that the water tower is ahead of you. The forest itself is on your left, and you could go back the way you came. Um, I'll go left and just try and give it like a really wide berth okay you begin to make your way into the forest itself and this biting cold wind blows into you you feel just an emptiness in your heart and would Otis glance back at all? Unlikely. Unlikely or likely? Likely. You glance back and they're gone. It's just an old dim water tower. Looks like it's seen better days. Uh, this place is going to be the death of me. As you say that, you hear the sound of thunder, the sound of wind whistling through the tops of the trees, limbs ripping, and the sound of a metallic crunching, clicking sound, a screeching mixed with the sound of someone what's the term? When you click your tongue underneath your top lip, 
Almost like I someone think, I think that's just clicking. It's a weird metallic, but also organic clicking sound, and it echoes through the trees. Santiago, Benjamin, Elaine, you hear this. It echoes on the wind. You feel the wind whip through you a little harder. I'm looking for that shrapnel thing. I'm seeing if that's shown up again from the beach. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. And while you're rolling, we're going to go back to Santiago and Benjamin. Ayo, can I use the insanity dice again? Yeah, if you'd like to. I'll bet. So you'll just make your reroll and add the one die. Your higher roll was the two, so you don't gain any insanity. Unfortunately, well, we'll pick up with what you find when we come back to you. Santiago and Benjamin and Elaine, you're making your way south. You hear a familiar sound that you had heard feels like ages ago when you were in the woods before. But it's carried by the wind. It is prolonged. It flits in and out. It warbles in ways that are unnatural. And then it's gone. We cannot not get away from the storm soon enough. I I quite agree. Though I'm not so sure that noise is the storm. Santiago. There is... A moment of abject panic that pings in the back of your head, and it feels like something is tugging on the back of your neck, wanting you to stop, and you can feel just a pinnacle of fear, the most fear you've ever felt in your life. How do you react as this fear strikes you and above you? one of the limbs of a tree explodes shattering apart and then there's flame and metal and a weird strange form which you don't recognize um Santiago starts to screaming and he got onto his knees and started to get panic and putting his hands in his head trying to stay calm but he can't trying to recognize everything around him, but uh, he can and he gets down to the floor. You and the voice in your head, for the first time since you've had it, feel the same thing and share the same emotion and perform the same action. Benjamin and Elaine, you see Santiago falls to the ground screaming, a tree limb above him shatters, flying away. Benjamin, you see this 
smoky form as it bursts outwards in a black cloud of particulate that then comes back, forms a humanoid shape, and then shatters apart again. Fire bursting from it and then vanishing all in that moment. What are you two doing? Let's say Benjamin will probably just stand there breathing heavily. I, I realize that as I am the only one capable of rational thought, a plan needs to be had of some type. Um, I, I'm gonna, gonna look at Benjamin and go, you think you can carry us out of Santiago? Because I don't think we're gonna get him out of here walking. All right, I, I'll do what I can. I'm gonna put one shoulder underneath one of his arms and Benjamin, grab the other. Uh, all right, yeah. We gotta get away from whatever that was as fast as possible. And I'm gonna start trying to run. Santiago, are you going with them? Um, no, I start to push back and trying to scream in, like, who are you? And who are you doing? I, I mean, what are you doing? And trying to put a little force on them. I need all of you guys to roll d6s. Santiago, right. this will be 1d6. Benjamin and Elaine, this will also be 1d6. Cool. Lovely. One. Wow. Four. I will say, as always, any of you have the option to re-roll adding your insanity die. Nope. If you want to let this... What was that? I'm good. I got a four. If not, we will play this out. All right. Ale, you... I should say Santiago begins to flail, and he throws off Benjamin, uh, who stumbles back. Um... But Elaine, you manage to grab him by the shoulders and pull him up to his feet and start to pull him away. You see the shape in the tree seem to co coalesce back together and then like a cannon fire drop to the ground and explode again and then come back together again. Is it getting closer to us? It, well, it's 60 feet closer now from the trees above you to the ground nearby. I didn't make my character for these situations, man. Um, <clears throat> so, honestly, I think I'm going to slap Santiago. I'm just going to look at him and do one of those, like, get yourself together. Well, D6? Three. Santiago, considering that she has rolled a three to slap you, how does, <laughs> how does Santiago respond? 
Uh, Santiago just stays in shock, like, uh, in his place and doesn't say nothing. Just, just stay where a little, yeah. Okay. Is it more of less panic, more paralysis? Yeah. Uh, more uh, paralysis, yeah. In your head, all you can hear is this voice pounding. Run, run, escape, just go away. Please, run, run, stop me, don't, please. Uh, can I talk to that voice? If you want to. Um, yeah. Um, wait, do I know you of something? Uh, why are you doing this to me? We need to get out of here. Well, yeah, I know, but you don't have to say it in that way. You're just hurting me. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't stay here. And you feel your legs starting to move. Are you resisting? Are you letting things happen? You can feel uh, this will trying to seize control of your body. I will let him. Oh, let she do whatever he wants. He flings, like pushes back against Elaine rises onto your feet and attempts just to take off away from this thing that has appeared. Elaine, what are you doing as Santiago rises and attempts to push off from you? Considering that my character is like five foot two, uh, I probably get knocked over. Mm. Um... I'm still intent on getting away from that thing, though. I also want to make sure Benjamin's okay. Mm. So As I want to look over Elaine... at him and be like, can you get up? Hello. Getting up. Santiago, you take off running. Just in the opposite direction of the creature, you feel you are now a backseat driver. Your body is moving against its own accord. And it is getting away from here as fast as it can. Okay. Well, he's gone, but I don't want to get separated from people again. I think we should run. Agreed. So, sounds like we're following. You guys begin to take off. Following Santiago, we will... Leave you guys in a pan as this entity chases you. You can look back and you see it in an almost stop-motion format of explosion. Reformation, firing forward like a bullet 20 feet or so. Explosion, reformation, and firing over and over again, pursuing. Where we'll go to Otis. You don't hear any of this. You don't hear screaming. 
you hear the sound of something echo through the trees. You hear a peal of thunder. You see a flash of lightning at the same time as a tree. The top of it nearby explodes into shards. White flame trickles down, drifting on the branches. What are you doing at this moment? Well, I guess I'm looking for the others, taking a nice stroll, keeping an eye out for sticks, trying not to get struck by lightning. You know, list goes on and on. As you do. Let's... Let's check in with something real quick. Alright. You... Make an investigation check for me, as you're looking for your friend. Or acquaintances who managed to survive. Bet I'm rolling insanity again. Alright. That'll be two die then? Yep. Alright. A five Five and a one. Fortunately, you don't go crazy, but you do feel the tingle in the back of your neck as the hairs stand up. It's a sign that can be found in many life forms. It's often acquainted to when something's watching. You hear the sound of branches breaking. Sounds like it's in the distance somewhere. But Whatever it is, it's seeing you. Oh, that's fun. Um, uh, oh, damn, I don't have any leads. Uh, I guess we're just continuing our stroll, but like, I'm watching now. I'm looking for whatever's looking at me. All right. I would say it doesn't take you long. A couple minutes pass. You're moving probably a little bit more carefully now. And you see it off behind you, quite a ways off. But you see a tree. Its base shake, the top shaking even more. It is the thing that ate stubs in the tree. You can't see anything, but given what you know and what you've seen before, it's not unlikely. Son of a rat nugget. Um, I'ma just try and slink away. Hiding behind trees and just trying to break line of sight as much as possible. All right. You go ahead and roll a d6 for me. Yippee. One. One. Let's go. Turn to take off. And...
you're stopped. You can hear noises on the horizon. Not so much the horizon, but in the distance. There's a familiar sound of AA fire and screaming. Oh, God. Duck behind a rock and a rock on a rock. You find a small-ish boulder, maybe sitting five feet, and throw yourself behind it. You hear... Panicked running. Santiago, are you screaming? Just running pell-mell? You feel screams wanting to burst from your throat. Whether you have the control to stop it is up to you. I'm going to start screaming. Yeah. You start screaming. You can feel fire burning at the back of your neck. You can feel stinging in your arms. If you feel this creature right on top of you and you are running and running and running, you have to get away. You can feel the voice in your head wants safety. It knows there's safety. It just wants needs to get there before, before the end comes, before it's gone, and the chance is lost. And you are running. And Maybe you hear Elaine and Benjamin behind you. Maybe you don't. Benjamin and Elaine. Santiago is running panicked and scared. You can see the creature following behind you. You come to a turn in the trees and see it's a small clearing. Maybe 20 feet wide. More of just a divot where the trees didn't grow together. There's a boulder off to one side. And what are you all doing? You're running, but it's still following. I am running in a zigzag pattern, knowing intuitively it will probably make it harder to hit me with things. Um, and thinking in the back of my head, I have that map. If I can just get somewhere for three seconds with peace to look at it, I can figure out where we need to be. Yeah, Benjamin just turns his head and tries to replicate Kate Elaine's movements. Winston seems to know slightly what she's doing, which is more than what he could say for himself. But I do, I do want to attempt to get to the boulder because it feels like that's a good spot to not die. You book it into the clearing. Otis, a shape comes around the boulder suddenly in your space right there upon you. Uh, did I ever find a stick? <laughs> I would say in your time looking, as you've been wandering through the woods, you found one. They're getting whacked. Make an attack Dang roll. Dang it. Aline, you can also go ahead and roll to defend. 
Give me that insanity dice. Gosh dang it, Otis. It's Otis time. No! I put put the command in wrong. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh, Kapeski. A three and a two. A five. How do you attempt to beam Elaine? (laughs) Elaine, how do you dodge? Okay, I do like the idea that Otis swings and Elaine is too short. I just duck. I just, like, yeet myself onto the ground. Like, I'm flat. Go ahead and make the perception check for me, both of you. No! God. Normal, you're killing me. That's the goal. No, I'm killing you. You're attempting. Six. Six. Oh, that's As you... You both suddenly notice that, hey, that's Otis. Hey, that's Elaine. Oh, cool. Hey, man. Didn't you die? Still pretty confused about that myself, honestly. Okay, Benjamin, you come running around the boulder. Santiago, are you heading for the boulder? Where are you running? I don't know. I'm just trying to uh, get control of my body, but the thing is only just running wherever she wants. That he wants. Are you just gonna continue to let him run, or are you gonna try and take control back? Mm, yeah, I want to take control back. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. Okay. Mm, one. One. You. I've lost your head in his. All there is, is escape. Getting to safety. That's all you can feel. You book past the boulder, rushing into the clearing, heading towards the other edge. What are the rest of you doing? As you come together from your own respective horrors. Wait, so Santiago is not with them. Yeah, right? You see Elaine, and then you see Santiago just take it off past the boulder and keep running. Where's he going? He seems to be going back the way you came. There's nothing over there. Oh, wait, no, wait. There is something over there. Uh, that thing that ate stubs is over there. Guys? Um, I can take control. Like, uh, try to take control again. If you want to. Okay. You, Otis's voice and the warning, you hear it, and you're able to snatch the reins back. You feel your own will come back into your muscles, and you just stop. 
you almost tumble forward with the momentum of your run. You're panting deeply from the exertion. You can feel the sweat on your limbs. What are you all doing in this moment of meeting? Well, the gang's all here, so uh, anyone have any wise ideas on how the hell we get out? I have a map. Look, yeah, you have a map, but that doesn't... How do you get off the island? It is, in fact, a island that we are not on a peninsula. I appreciate that. But, yeah, I was going to say, I think there's someone in his head who might be able to help us out with that. Again? Yeah. The tower is the answer. We just need to find the tower. I don't know a, more. What, a, a water tower, perhaps? I don't know. Just, I, tower. <laughs> um, okay, so... There's a water tower over there, but there's also the thing that ate stubs over there. So, you know, unless one of you found another stubs, we're going to have to try and sneak by it. Oh. And I'm not feeling very lucky today. Unfortunately, I'm not quite sure if we have much of a choice. Others. I kind of want to spread out the map to make sure that that's where we're supposed to be going first, because... Wait, what do you mean, supposed to? Do do we have a divine guide? Santiago just says, tower. I mean, that's we don't the necessarily only have a divine guide, but it seems like we have somebody who might have lived here for a bit. Well, again, that's a tower. Okay. I mean... Have you looked? Have you not looked at the map before? Is is there a different tower that I'm blissfully unaware of? I don't know. I pulled it off the wall out of some glass. I had to break glass to get this. I didn't really get a chance to look at it. Just thought it might be helpful. Maybe we go to the tower first. At least then we'll be up high. And then okay. if that's if that's not the answer. We'll we'll do the map. Sounds good. Alright. Uh, what was the hmm? What do we think? What do you two think? Benny Santiago. Uh well that water tower does sound like a good lead. Because it is the answer, the tower. Well, you, we think, we think. Don't get your hopes up. This place eats them or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try and lead them back to the water tower without, you know, getting us eaten or blown up or struck by lightning. As you. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. You can narrate to me what you're trying to do. 
Oh, lordy. Sure. Uh, four. I'm just trying to take the exact path I did while also keeping an eye and an ear out for the stubs eater. You step out from behind the boulder and begin to usher into the forest and you see off back the way they came flash of light and a puff black cloud fire gone. Did Benny? Benny, did that thing from the beach follow you? Yeah, that. Yeah, we. We originally went to this rock to hide from it. Okay, that would be nice to know. All right, double time, double time. I'm you just guys. Gonna, uh, sure. Quicker. Oh, I hate it when you roll. <laughs> you guys begin to take off into the forest, I assume? Who's on first? Who's on second? I don't know who's on third. What order are I'm, you guys going? I'm imagining I'm either first or last because I'm leading, but I might be behind them to corral. I uh, we're gonna play a little mini game now. I would oh, like no. to one at a time. I would like you all to describe how you're trying to get out of here successfully, what you are doing to help the team. Then we will roll a check using any appropriate modifiers from your character sheets, and we'll see how things go. Let's start, well, with you, Otis. You've already described how you're ushering everyone on, how you're leading. Do you have any character traits, any, anything on your character sheet that you could apply to this? Um, well, well, let me take a look-see. Let me take a peek-see. Um, I mean, my occupation was pilot, so I've, I've probably given directions many a time with less clear landmarks. And I'm also unhinged, so I can talk quick when the time <laughs> comes rolling. Well, then, go ahead and make a check, adding those modifiers to your roll. What does profession do? What's that? Whatever. Uh, let's try the way and it works. Yeah, go ahead. Five. A five? All right. Let's go down the list now. So, Otis has a five. Let's go to Benjamin. What are you doing to help ev- get move everyone along and get everyone there? So, uh, describe what is exactly in our way there. You see a bunch of trees ahead of you. If you'd like to make a perception check to see what you can see, go ahead. From what you know right now, 
You have heard that there is something in the trees ahead of you. You know there's something in the trees behind you. And you know that there are trees. Okay, roll the perception check pick with my modifier, and I got a six. Excellent. You see that the creature behind you is about 100 feet off. From what you've been able to tell, it every few blinks or so, it'll go another 20 feet. And ahead of you, you see a shape move from one tree about 600, 700 feet ahead. You see it flicker for a second, one tree rock back from the launch, and then another tree rock forward from the impact. And again, these trees are hundreds of feet tall, six or seven feet wide. So with that information, what are you going to do? I suppose along the way, I will try to use my extra observation to keep tabs on the shape in front of us. And of us, just in case it decides to, it's to cut in too close with us. Go ahead and... Roll a check for me. If you believe your occupation or any of your character traits apply, go ahead and add those as well. You got a four. Four. Go ahead. With a four in mind, that means for the most part you're successful. Narrate what you do. Go ahead and tell us. Well, well of the forward word. As he marches forward, Benjamin's men, as soon as he starts to notice it, keeps his eyes eyes as close as he can locked on this on this mysterious shape jumping from tree to tree. He whispers to himself every single move of this does this shape does. It does, and keep note of every single tree that wiggles wiggles, and he's he's preparing himself to to blurt out to the team in case Ace the Shape ever decides to Ace to jump right, right towards them. Alright. Well, we will keep that four in mind as we move on to Santiago. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm just going to continue all the way just saying tower and saying that that's the answer. But okay. I'm really trying to talk with the voice and try to find more answers and trying to remember what he told me of how to okay. escape up here. The voice is still panicked, but it's grown quieter. He agrees with you that tower is the answer. He... How much control are you giving him as you feel him turn or attempt to turn and raise one of your arms um i give him a little of control but when i see that he's trying to do something that doesn't seem like it has a reason i stop him okay you stop him a little bit as he 
raises, turns you towards Elaine and starts to raise an arm, but then you put it down. Is there anything you want to ask him? Anything you want to say? Um, yeah, I want to ask him about what he told me of how to escape off the island. And if he knows any way or how to make it further. Or what I have to do, we have to do when we get to the tower. We have to get to the tower. That's the safe spot. That's... It stops there. We'll be safe there. We have to be safe there. If we got to the tower, what we're gonna do in order to stay safe? We get inside. Oh, I think I think is already there, but things aren't better, so I don't know. Um, I wish that I could understand you, but you're just confusing. Uh, let's try to calm down a little. Just tell me about you more. Um, so I see that you can take control of my body too. Did you get to know Elaine? Who's Oh, the other one who was here, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You you only have enough room for one, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Then then you'll take me in, okay? Okay. I just need to get there. Okay. We'll do whatever we can do. Alright. We will move on. Is there anything you're wanting to do to help the flight? With that little bit of information. Um, Any skill you want to apply, anything you want to do? Um, I don't think that I have any skill right now. Because <laughs> if I had everything so confusing for me, that not in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to tell them what I just got. All right. I will say, in lieu of rolling a skill check, it will provide a plus one to everyone else's rolls. We will now move on to Elaine. What are you doing to help move your flight along safely? I note that even out of everybody, I still probably have the levelest head. Um, And I am attempting to keep everybody as calm as possible. So what I'm doing is likely, if I see anybody starting to get too squirrely, I'll bring them back down to earth a little bit. 
Okay. Of the rest of you, who here would be the most squirrely? Well, what's your definition of squirrely? Elaine, what's your definition of squirrely? Like, just if they look like they're about to do anything irrational, like bolt or scream, you know, the usual. Yeah, probably me. Yeah, probably Santiago. I agree. So I'm kind of like standing as near him as possible to just like keep tabs and make sure that like he doesn't decide to do anything that's going to be detrimental to everybody else. All right. You go ahead and roll 1d6, applying any skills or attributes that you think apply. My character trait is legit that I'm like a kind person. What do you think that would apply? Yeah, I would say so. Sweet. So that's a 1d6 plus 1 then? Yes. It's me at a 4. All right. So we're going to make. One last roll. Uh oh. <laughs> this mini game is stressful, normal. <laughs> Wouldn't be a spooky, scary story without stress, right? Oh, I want fear. This is just like slow burn anxiety. <laughs> well,. I'm afraid the burn's going to go on. With no. your combined effort, you manage to evade the creature in the trees and the creature pursuing. You, there's a close shave where it leaps towards a tree nearby, but together you manage to duck around another one and you think you might have lost it and then take off. And as you're running again, you see the trees start to thin out ahead of you and what seems to be open space beyond that. So we're getting closer. And as you grow closer, there's a shape that stands out on the horizon. It's the familiar conical shape of a water tower sitting right at the edge. It's not rising up above, but it's more like the top of the tower is at the same level as the cliff itself. I point it out to everyone else. Even if... It's already very clear that they've seen it. Otis goes, there. Oh. That. Well, our friend, well, the little friend in Santiago's head bet, better be talking about this tower then. You all come to the crest of the cliff and. I think there would be a moment of pause, just a moment, as you see the ground drop away before you, a hundred feet or so. You can see that the tower itself reaches all the way to the bottom, 
that the top here has a ladder connecting to it that goes down the shaft into what looks to be more woods below. You hear a strange sound behind you. It sounds like screeching metal, but a higher tone. The clicking inside of it, very rapid and abrupt. I'm going to look at it. As you look back, you see flashing lights. It's not a slow blinking, but almost like a machine gun fire pace of rapid bursts. It's back in the woods about 100 feet. Illuminated by these flashes, you see a shape moving around at quick speeds hopping almost from one tree to another, latching onto the side of the bark, and then jumping back down. There's motion. It's hard to pin and to keep tracking down in the strobing lights. Santiago, what does your head say now? Um, what he's saying? Good question. Uh... What is saying to voice? That does he say something? You There's only one word that he says as you feel him attempt once more to take control of your legs and arms. You hear him say, There. Are you going to allow him? Um yes. You come to a stop at the edge of the cliff, it merely a foot or so ahead of you, and you feel your arm raise up and point down and out, and you can see down at the other side of the island a tower rising tall and dark, far larger than the water tower itself. If you'd like, you can go ahead and roll an investigation check to see what what details you can pick out. All right. Anyone who wants can roll. Oh, I got a seven. Ah, uh, three. Three. Five. For Santiago and Odith. Otis, I feel that you can correct me if you're wrong, but the attention of the lights behind you and the shapes moving has more of your attention. Do you cast a glance back and you all you see is the object you had seen at the edge of the island before? Um, it's tall, so maybe it could have been a tower. You just hadn't seen it. For Santiago, as you look out to see this tower, you feel wind push up against your back, almost blowing you forward off the cliff, and you have to look away as you steady yourself. Benjamin and Elaine, 
you see a tower of black stone. But as it rises up, you don't see windows carved into it. It's not cir- circular, but not octagonal. It's almost like rough edges carved in a semicircular shape, but you can see angles along the side. You see. Benjamin sees this. A door. Small from this distance, right at the front of it. The tower itself is surrounded by a wasteland of dry dirt, deserty, maybe scrub brush. Both of you can see at the top of the tower. It's dome. The color isn't black, but a dark opal green. Resembling some strange observatory missing a telescope. Told y'all that water tower wasn't what we were looking for. Yeah. Yeah, this does look very promising. There's a... We can get in for the door, in for this this lush-looking door down there. Well, let's get a move on, then. We're on a cliff, right? You are on a cliff. The water tower is right there next to the edge of the cliff. There's, like, a two-foot gap between the edge of, like, the railing of the tower uh, and the cliff face itself. So is the ladder of the water tower close enough for us to latch onto it to climb down the down the drop of the cliff without risking falling falling out of sheer gravity? You can see that the water tower itself is basically right up against the side of the cliff. However, the ladder on the side is on like this the perpendicular side, so it's like perpendicular to the cliff itself. You would just have to hop up onto a platform then walk around and climb down the ladder. Well, Benjamin does try to hoist himself onto the little platform ring around the water tower. All right. I take it you all follow suit? Or is there anything anyone else is wanting to do? I'm good. Safety in numbers, man. I'm not splitting up. What we look like, Scooby Doo. You all begin to clamor over the railing, one at a time or all at once. Probably one uh, at a time. I'll go last. You all begin to clamor over it one by one. It seems it's an old tower, rickety. Seems like it's been there for a while. Otis, once again, you feel a nag of deja vu, but in the heat of the moment, it passes. And as you begin to move along the platform on the outer edge of the water tower, you guys can just see the expanse of the island below you. It's 
tense but beautiful in the backlight. From the clouds above, you now have a beautiful vista of the storm, which completely covers the island. Thick, black, purple clouds. Lightning flashing every so often and thunder cracking. It's in one of those peals of thunder where you almost miss it if it wasn't so close. No lightning touches down, but there's an explosion of movement suddenly just on the cliff near the tower itself. Well, uh, the view is a little intense, but uh, I believe if we need to have any progression as soon as to escaping this, this wretched place, we would have to climb down the ladder and in, in, embark inside this, this black spire of a tower. You all begin. Yep. yep. Oh, go ahead. You know what? I already died once. What's well, one more time? Is there anything you're wanting to do before you all begin to descend the tower? Can I flip off the just the woods and everything? Yeah. Right. You turn to flip off the woods, and you find. A shape in wreathed in black cloud right there, about 20 feet off or so. It explodes apart for a second and then reforms into a shape. It's getting the other hand also flipping it off then. Are you moving? This is... Yes. Yes. I'm not right. stopping. This is a you run and gun situation. Take off. I would like you to roll a d6 for me. Three. You book it. You take off, clamber across the railing and start to take down just as the this shape moves forward to where you were before. It's in the haste Unless you want to make a check, it's just a black shape that pulsates and moves, fire wreathing it, then disappearing, and then returning again. I ain't making no check. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. All right. You guys begin to clamor down the tower. I would like everyone to roll 1d6, please. If you have anything that could help, say, with physical aptitude, you can go ahead and apply that as well. Hey, it's your boy. Um, if it's my profession, is it another D six? Is that what it is? Uh, yes. Okay. Three, three. So I believe we have a five, a two, a five, or a three, and a six. We will start with Elaine. You oh. are you going? Would you say where would you say in the positioning of all this? 
I'm probably second. Second? Yeah. All right. Who's in first? I would say, Otis, you've gone last since you were the last one on at the top. Um, so it was Santiago or Benjamin, which of you would be first down the ladder? I think that I will be third. Third? Yeah, okay. I was the one that led them onto the water tower, so of course I'll be the first one to go down. Okay. In that case... Benjamin, you haven't had issues. The tower's old, and it feels like it could give way in your hands, but you've managed to make your way down. Uh, you look up for a second to check everyone's progress, and you watch as Santiago's hand starts to slip. Uh, oh, no. He uh, begins to fall away. It's not falling off yet, but it's close. Sent, uh, Otis, not Otis, Benjamin and Elaine, you are both firm on the ring, and if you want to try anything, you can. As well, I will say, Santiago, as you are starting to slip off, you can feel one of the boards in your right hand break away. All of you have the opportunity to do something. Tell me what you want to do. So I'm going to try to grab uh, the ladder and say to them that try to move of the way, of, of some way, I don't know, trying to climb faster. Okay. Go ahead and make me a check. Uh, Elaine and Benjamin, are you guys wanting to do anything to help him out? How high up is he? He was third, you were second. So he's about five, maybe ten feet above you. For you, Benjamin, he's more or less 20 or so feet, 15 to 20. Um, I think if it would only be like a five to ten foot fall, I'd wait and try to see if I can stabilize him if he does end up falling. Well, I would say you guys have made it about 30 feet. He's about 30 feet down. You're about 40 feet down out of about 100. So there's still another 70 to 60 feet to go to the bottom of the water tower. Well, that's not great. I suppose I would keep an eye on him and him and probably be prepared to try to catch him if he falls. All right. We'll start off with Santiago. Go ahead and make your check. Uh, yeah, you got a one. <laughs> you got a one? You feel the boards break away in your hand as you begin to slip and fall backwards. You start to fall past Elaine. Elaine, are you going to do anything? Do you feel that you can? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to attempt to catch. I am going to roll with insanity. Okay, go ahead. Six and a four. Six and a four. And as your four was your insanity die, you do not gain any insanity. Fantastical. You 
manage to reach out in a moment of panic. You, with a strength you're not familiar with, you grab onto his, I'd say, maybe leg, thigh as he passes and grab a hold of it. You feel yourself get tugged down. Uh, I'm going to need you to make a check for me. Oh. I don't want to make a check. You don't get that lucky twice. You can always roll with insanity. I will. Five and a one. You feel a pain in your shoulder. Uh, it hurts. I would like you to roll 1d6. Great. As you have successfully stopped the momentum of a falling man. Two. I believe you had no physical injury, right? I had one harm from that fight with the imaginary thing. Unfortunately, a two will hurt you then. So you feel this tug in your shoulder. You feel a little bit of muscle tear. That's going to hurt for a while. Go ahead and gain another point of harm. Sweet. Your harm should now be at two. Awesome. Yes. Otis, you hear the sound of something break a scream of panic for a second, a grunt of pain. Are you paying any heed to this as this creature is behind you? Um, screw it. No. All right. You scramble onto the ladder and begin to make your way down. You look down just for a moment to see Elaine holding Santiago by the leg. Benjamin looking up with surprise. I leave you people alone for two seconds. Santiago, you're hanging upside down. What do you want to do? I'm going to try to reach um, the ladder. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. Okay. Uh, four. Four? You managed to slip your arm around it. You're hanging upside down, but the board feels sturdy enough. If Elaine lets go, you might fall on top of Benjamin, but you think you'll be able to hold on. There's the sound of an explosion above as... A chunk of the side of the water tower blows apart, then pulls together, forming this humanoid figure, just standing at the top, looking down at all of you. It's about 30 feet or so off. What are you all doing? I don't know, dying. I just, I suppose I'll try to get down the ladder, ladder at a at a bit of a quicker rate. All right. You begin to hustle your way down the ladder. 
Santiago, you managed to clamor onto it too. I tried to uh, get down faster. All right. There's a wind that whips across the side of the ladder, shaking you all. The particulate of this creature blows away for a second before pulling back. It is there anything anyone wants to try before it moves again? I don't know. Can I throw something at it? Sure, if you have something to, th- to throw. Oh, I got have some random thing in my pockets. Pretty sure you still have a stick. Oh yeah, he's getting the stick. Have at it. Roll your d6. Or any other element. Can that... I get two? Sure. Hell yeah. A six, six and, and a five. five. You watch as it begins to pull together as if it's going to explode and move again. And you chuck your stick and it hits it dead center. And instead of moving, it blows apart where it's at. I told y'all. I told y'all that stick. Oh my god. You all underestimated the power of the stick, Benny. Are you sure it was the same stick you used used with all that bragging when you first arrived? I think it's a matter of principle. Y'all, we're still running from a thing. We should probably stop arguing and go. Benjamin, you touched down on the ground. You can look up to see. Santiago, 15 feet above, and then Elaine, 30 or so feet up, and Otis, probably 60 or so feet up. All right, just, all right, just keep going downwards. Words, I'm, I'm down here if you need me. Did the stick fall back down? The stick was vaporized upon contact. I was going to tell Benny to get the lucky stick. It certainly helped you out. Are you going to... What are you going to do, Otis? Go down the ladder. I take it you begin to run down the ladder. Or run, ning speed, climb down the ladder. Uh, No, you know what? Yeah, sure. I run down (laughs) it. Sonic speed, you know? (laughs) There is a crash, and you watch as the top of the water tower is blown away, and this shape seems to scramble at the top. You watch as this smoky humanoid figure that was chasing you seems to be enveloped by a massive limb which slams through it it blows apart and you feel the whole water tower begin to sway away from the cliff
Otis, you're about 30 feet up. Everyone else, you're gathered at the bottom of the water tower. I'm not oh, a physical no. type, but type, but do you think we we have enough hands to catch Otis if he has to jump off? Well, first, can I do the um good old fireman slide where I just kind of slide down the sides of the ladder using my sure. feet to hit the rungs and slow myself down? You can certainly try. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. <laughs> can I get my profession for that? If you believe that it applies, you're a pilot? Hell yeah. Well, less profession, but more childhood hangout spot was a fire depot. True, I'll but, give it know, to you. Let's go a four and a one, thank God. Four and a one. You slide down the ladder. You can feel uh, some of the wood come off in your hand. Uh, you hit the ground hard and stumble backwards, and you watch as this water tower begins to fall away from the cliff. In the tower, in the tower, everyone in the tower, let's go, 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 go. Get through the door! So, you turn and run. Now, the tower you're off to is still a little ways away. You are in the woods that were at the base of the cliff, and you begin to take off towards the tower. Is there any specific order, or is it all chaos? I mean, I assume I'm in the back, just because I got down the ladder last, but I'm not making any efforts to stay in the back. I think we're all just clumped, constantly going in front and behind each other, other while running towards the general direction of the tower. Alright. You begin to run. You hear the crash of the tower slamming into the trees. You see in the distance woods shatter apart as trees break. You can see that these trees are smaller, more normal, 20 feet or so spread out, almost like an alpine forest kind of style, where there's scrub in between dispersed trees. You feel the wind picking up, you see, feel the dust around your feet begin to swirl and twist. And as you run, you hear the roaring of the wind, the power of the storm above you. A lightning strike flashes down, striking a tree nearby. It shatters and disperses into a light post. This, too, then begins to break down. You can feel and hear the sound of thunder more continuous now, lightning flashing. It hits all around you. Every strike creating a shape, an object, an element of normal life not in its normal positioning. There's scrub ground around you, the trees start to fall away. And 
you can see the lightning striking the ground. But as you run, you can see the tower starting to loom up ahead. But then things grow obscured. Fog. Low at your feet as you move through the trees, slowly rising and rising and boiling and bubbling until you can't see a foot in front in front of you thick and dark and purple. I would like everyone to roll 1d6. I'm a die. <laughs> Five. Six. Um three. Three. The fog envelops all of you. It's similar to the fog that first took you back when you first arrived here. Otis, you can look out and see Benjamin standing there in a lane. As you're running, you don't see Santiago. Rip the homie. Santiago, you find yourself alone in the mist. What do you do? I try to look around and search for something. All right. You cast around. You think you hear their voices coming from your left, from your right. You're not sure. You stagger around, you call their names, but you can't see them. You can't hear them. Um, I'm in the same space as them, like in the same um, place or in a different one. You were... Um, I, I can recognize anything of the voices. Uh, something that they tried to tell me. They just sounded like people calling out your name, looking for you. But then fading off as if over a large distance. Um... I can try to speak up with the voices. Okay. What do you say? Um, what is going on? Uh, did you... I'm tired of all of you. What, what are you doing to me? The rest of you, Santiago and Benjamin and Lane. You find yourself swamped in fog. You can barely see each other. 
you hear faintly Santiago's cries, looking for you, asking you where you are, why you would do this to him. I I didn't do anything. I can cure them. Roll a perception check. Okay. Ah, uh, three. Three. You hear them distantly. It echoes. Wait. Coming from behind uh, and ahead of you. Wait, Benjamin? That, no, it, it wasn't for you. Uh, I need help. Uh, do you see me? Uh, any of you? I, I don't think I could see you for this accursed fog. I can't see shit. I have an idea. My character sings her projection would be really good and she could probably manage to like yell loud enough to attract attention that would pinpoint location. Can I roll a 2d6 with my profession? Yeah, go ahead. Five. Five. It echoes out. Santiago, you hear it. Distant and ahead of you. Um, yeah, but I'm still trying to uh, focus on the other voices, too. All right. The voices grow fainter and fainter. Is Otis and Benjamin, is there anything else you'd like to do to try and reach out to Santiago? I'm just gonna, like, actually try to physically find him, which I'm assuming is going nowhere. Go ahead and roll a check for me. Oh, sweet bippy. Let's get that insanity in there, too, you know? Ooh. Doesn't hurt to die. Three and a one, we're good. Three and a one. You we're good. He's not. shake your way through the fog. You don't see him. I would like you to roll 1d6 for me. Right. This Just an effort to keep your surroundings. So apply anything that you'd like to. Five. Five. You... Move ahead, looking for Santiago. You turn back just in time to see the fog coming between you and Otis or, and Benjamin in the lane. Uh, and you step back just as it envelops, filling the space you are in. Well, this... I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I think this fog is trying to kill us. Hardly the first thing that's tried to do that since we got here. Well, yeah, but like, we're, uh, 
I'm getting specific. Whatever. Santiago. You hear Elaine's music. Sings out. You hear... The sound of applause. It echoes through the fog. I'm going to try to follow this sound. All right. There's a dim light ahead of you. I'm going to go forward. Moving forward, you find the fog swirls ahead of you. You feel a rush of wind as it blows off to your right side. The fog curls and swirls and then breaks away, and you see a stage sit down before you. Stadiums leading down to it, and Elaine singing on the stage. Uh, I see something else around, like another thing important. Go ahead and roll an investigation check. Okay. I got a... Six. Nice. You move into the warm light of the stage. You can see people gathered around on the stadiums, standing and applauding. You you can see the fog curls at its edges, but doesn't enter into it. Um, can I talk with her? Yeah. Um, are, are you the real Elaine? Elaine, Otis, Benjamin, You see the fog swirl nearby, and you hear the ringing of a telephone. I don't trust phones here. One took my elbow. Oh, no, no, no. No, I don't think that anything that phone will help us. But what if we get more information we need? The last time we had a cell phone was just some random thing about a war. Probably just another one of those weird memories this island keeps showing off. Well, yes, but it was directed. If you want to investigate the phone, I will follow you. But I'm not sacrificing my other elbow. I'm going to go investigate the phone. All right. You move into the fog. I would like both of you to roll 1d6 for me. Cool. What? Elaine and who? Uh, whoever's following Elaine. Oh, that's bad. Ooh, that's even worse. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you two. <laughs> you hear the ringing of the telephone. And... 
you stumble upon a small little table. There's a little desk lamp shining on it and a little white rotary phone ringing. The fog swirls thick around you. I feel like rolling low and finding it means that we really probably shouldn't do anything about it. Otis. Yeah, you you don't say. (laughs) Otis. Yes. As you say this to Elaine, you... Are you watching the horizon? What? How are you keeping her back? Uh, what do you mean keeping her back? Are you watching her back? What are you doing? Are you just keeping an eye on everything around you? Uh, I was just going to like actually follow Elaine, like okay, right behind Elaine. All right, you. Turn around, and the fog is all you see. You see fog, you see yourself, you see the phone, and you see Elaine. You don't see Benjamin. Oh, God damn it, Benny. <laughs> Benjamin. What are you wanting right now? Okay. Benjamin is so worried about the fog that right now he's marching on the fog and trying his best to clear his mind of nothing but the body stall of the tower and the door that is on it. He is absolutely determined to find the tower and nothing else. All right. You... Feel the fog swirling around you. It it moves as though unseen shapes were moving it. It twists unnaturally. You are alone. Everything is dark around you. It's like a dream. You can feel the tingling of moisture on your skin. And then the thunderous crack of lightning, and you see a shape illuminated high above you, rising up into the sky. Is is it the tower? Appears to be. Benjamin goes around the what seems to be a tower and is looking at every single detail to see if it exactly lines up with what he's seen, seen to make sure that this isn't just another other illusion. As you approach, it seems that you make no distance. It's always there, right on the edge of the fog, standing out from it. Every step you take doesn't seem to bring you closer. 
<laughs> Benny keeps. Benny probably runs towards the tower for a little bit and then considers is this another trick? Is it is the fog taunting me? You I feel got your own Benny. You feel wind blow at your heel. And then we will go back to Elaine and Otis. You pick up the phone or you let it ring? And I make a perception check to see if I notice anything particularly malicious about it. Go ahead. Cool. No telephone. It's got teeth. I'm not touching the damn thing. I'm. I've. No. I got a two. Seems like a normal phone. I'm too curious. I got to pick it up, man. Your funeral. Fair enough. I'm picking up the phone. You pick up the phone? I won't Santiago. What did you ask Elaine? What did you say? Um, if she's real and the one that I knew. You see her turn to you and Elaine, you hear his voice through the phone. I gasp, and I'm like, oh, where are you? We'll come find you. What are you talking about? Of where am I? And you're right next to me. Mm, that's not me. Well, she sounds like you, and she talks like you. I am with Otis talking into a phone right now. I don't see you. A phone? Mm-hmm. Oh, but you're, you were just singing here. Uh, this is really you? No. How do you... Wait. No. What? Oh, this is driving me insane. Um, so you are the real, but you're in a phone with Otis, and the fake one is right next to me, right? Yeah, I think that's the other end of the phone. Um, can I try to search for a phone? Yeah, go ahead. Roll a d6 for me. Or more with your investigation. Okay. Uh, one and a one. Wolf, you look around. There's no phones. There's people. Elaine has stopped speak- singing and started talking to you. A look of Concern on her face. Well, I didn't found any phone. I. What? Where are you? And how 
does that look for you? I don't know. I'm by a I'm by a desk with a phone on it. Hold on. That might not be the best idea. Could you repeat that for me? I I had an idea that then I decided to scrap because it was a bad idea. Okay. Uh, oh, can you tell yeah. me Otis, maybe? Sure, I'll I'll hand the phone to him. I kind of look at him and smile a little bit. He wants to talk to you. Who's he? Apparently Santiago is talking to a double of me somewhere else. Oh, I wonder if he's going to shoot her too. I'm going to take the phone. Santiago. Um, can I hear him? Yes. Uh, okay. And you watch uh, as the person in front of you, their features change and morph and become that of Otis. What? Um, yeah, hi. How is everything going? Um, we lost Benny. Uh, he didn't die or anything. We just, he didn't follow us. And now the fog ate him much like it ate you. Uh, me and Elaine are at a table with a phone talking to, I'm assuming, the real Santiago, because I don't know why they'd make an illusion so confused. Uh, How do you know that I'm real? Maybe I'm fake. You don't know me. Yeah, it's the real Santiago. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah... I don't know where you are in relation to us. We are still in the fog. So theoretically, aroundish the tower. So it seems that it didn't work out. Maybe the tower wasn't the answer. Um, I don't well, know what. I mean, doing. the mist seems pretty determined to keep us away from the tower, so I get the funny feeling it, it the tower is the answer. Or at least part of it. But, you know. Well, yeah, but... I'm, I'm not a cursed islandologist. Oh, gosh. Uh, wait, can I try to touch him? Like, um, trying to See if they think uh, next to me is real. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You reach out, touch him. I was No, go ahead. It's easy enough to touch someone who's standing in front of you. Are you just uh -oh. pushing him in the shoulder, giving him a punch? Uh, no, I'll only touch his shoulder. All right. Otis, you feel fingers touching your shoulder. There's no one there. Maybe it's Elaine. Uh, I mean, I can probably still see Elaine. Uh, Santiago, is that you? Oh, wait, did you feel that? Yeah. Can I grab where a hand would be? If that was, in fact, fingers touching my shoulder. You can. 
why I'm going to do that. I would say you grab at it and feel nothing. There's only empty air. A wisp of fog drifts away from your hands. Can I get everyone to roll a perception check for me? We're all going to die. Yippee. Four. Four. Twinsies. One. All right. Oh no. Triplets four. Ale, no, not Ale. Um, Elaine and Otis. As you're talking on the phone, I'd say, Elaine, you glance down just at the, the lamp on the table and the shadow it's casting. And you watch as a silhouette moves across it. Small and Almost like something when you shine a light on an object, but in this case, it's small. But it's not a human object. And Benjamin, as you look to the horizon of the tower, you watch its shape break slightly as if you were looking at a screen and someone had stuck their hand in like a finger puppet moving across it. You watch as a silhouette moves across the tower and disappears. Benjamin, with the whole tower moving away from as he moves thing, thinks that this silhouette just made a fake tower just to trick him. He basically tries to say, wait, you, you're some thing, thing trying to trick like, me, yeah, Elaine, Otis, and Santiago all in this, this accursed place. What are you? Why you do you have a Hear a deep rumbling. It's... Similar to when you take two heavy stones and grind them together, it sounds like screeching slowed down, and there's a thump, 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 thump mixed in with it, and then it echoes and is gone in the mist. What is your deal? I have written many stories about many entities, and they all have some sort of sort of, of motivation, some sort of humanity, some sort of sort of sort of a limited way to make themselves understood. Good. But all you've done is just play these tricks. Move on. What? May I ask, ask, what is is your, is your main thing to gain from all of this? 
you feel a rush of wind as a, it feels like a shape moves through the fog next to you. And as you look to it and look back, you see highlighted in this little glow of light a black cat. It's collar a green yellow color and it sits on its back two legs in front of it a small mouse and every time the mouse scurries to one side the cat pops down its paw and smacks it back into the center the cat's tail flicks every now and then and with one of the flicks you feel the wind blow the fog behind you, away from you. It blows the fog away, but does it, like, make it look like a vague clearing of light? Or It swirls away for a second, and you can see sand and dirt and rock where the fog was. Make a perception check for me. You also see the glow of a light just off in the distance. Maybe figures. And then the fog begins to swirl back. Benjamin... Benjamin tries to, like, follow the cat and uh, look for those vague glimpses of sand and light. I would say the cat itself is in the direction you were going, whereas the sand and light is off to your right, maybe behind you. Benjamin would probably reach towards the sand. All right, you move that way. Going back to Otis and Elaine, you watch as this strange animal-esque silhouette moves across the desktop and then off the table and out of the light. Wait, is that so might be the cat? This place is messed up, man. Wait. You? Oh. There you are. There you people are. Didn't like ghosts to begin with. I'm telling you now. This is not good. I think I'm ready to die now. I think I'm ready to just lay down and give up. hear the same grinding noise, echoing, rumbling, reverberating through the fog. The thump, 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 thump. All right. What, what sight have you seen? Because 
Other scene was I saw a glimpse of the tower, but then when I chased it, it just moved away. I stopped and begged the ate the creature for some kind of sign or remorse, and it gave me a black cat following a mouse. And then I noticed next to it was a small clearing, and that's how I found you guys again. Uh, table, phone, phone. On the other end of phone is Santiago talking to a fake Elaine. So this thing is bored. It's playing a game of cat and mouse with us. It's bored. I don't like that. Well, you are an entertainer. I suppose your singer would probably entertain it enough so it would don't have to play these games. Honestly, at this point, I'm I'm down to tap dance for an island deity if it means the getting off this place. And no, I don't know how to tap dance. Well, well, I, I suppose telling you the story won't hurt. Go for it, you know. I'm, to be fair, I ran out of ideas the second time some creature beyond man's knowing tried to kill me. Actually, the third time. Santiago. What are you doing? The phone's been silent for a few seconds now. The f- you watch as the Otis in front of you begins to change and becomes Elaine again, and she starts to sing. I'll try to talk to the other people in the room. You turn to talk to them, and the stadium, the stages, have been replaced with tombstone spreading out. The stage is still there. Elaine is still singing there, but spread out. You can see that the fog has retreated back 40 or so feet. That's just rows of tombstones. Um, there is any important name in the tombstones, maybe? Go ahead and make an investigation check. Okay. Ah, three. Three? Yeah. You move to the first one. And as you approach, you watch the name just kind of age in front of your eyes. You move to the second and the third, and it continues to do so. I'll say roll 1d10 for me. Okay.
I will say, as you rush to these tombstones, you manage to pull a few letters that you can catch. There's an O here, an S there, a W there, but you aren't able to catch many others. Um, I'll just, uh, there was another change, maybe. Um, in what way? On the stage or something. You look back at Elaine still singing there. You hear the echoing, grinding, thumping sound. Guttural and unnatural echo out. You watch as part of the stage rips, the covering above the stage rips back and falls apart. Okay. Um, I can talk again with Lane. Yeah, go ahead. Ah, okay. Um, hey, do you hear me? Uh, you are in the phone right now. Whoever's holding the phone can hear Santiago's voice. That be you, Otis. Yeah, what's good? Yeah, uh, any change, maybe? Any idea? We from... found Benny. Oh! Good. Uh, is he good? I mean, he needs something or happened something to him? He says he found a cat. Okay. We think this thing, the island, is just bored and playing with us. So he said he was going to read it a story, but I don't think he started yet. Yeah, I was... It's a little hard since I don't have the physical books with me, so I have to go off memory. So we're surrendering now? I mean, I'm out of ideas. Elaine, are you out of ideas? Because I already know Benny is going insane, but you know... That's nothing new. Welcome to the Well, well, since nobody has any ideas, I guess I have to have to go off my little shot in the dark. Shot in the fog, if you will. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? I don't necessarily have a better one, but I don't think that's the type of game this place is looking for. Well, what kind? We already played hide-and-seek. I don't think it wants to play hide-and-seek. I would think it wants to play hide-and-death. Well, we played that, too. Well, here's the thing, though. The, The one time I actually asked for it to respond with something, it gave me a cat. Not a... not a skeleton, not a rapier, here, not a dying plant or anything like that. Just a cat at following a mouse. 
Okay, you can try it. Go for it, dude. Well, well, Benjamin, Benjamin punctures his lips and starts telling one of his slightly more lighthearted stories in the vicinity of the fog. As you begin to recite your tale, you can see the fog move. There seems to be a shape that you might catch for a second moving through the fog. It's massive. And Santiago, as you listen to his tale, you can look and you see, you watch as the tombstones, they blow away. And as they blow away, they're replaced by bookshelves, like you would find in a study. Um, I can ask if they can change the subject to see if maybe my surrounding changed too. Like, if he starts to talk about that history in particular. Benjamin, what story would you tell? Give us a little taste. I tell tell the story of a child lost from his parents going through what a seemingly infinite dark abyss, but finding more and more sense of small light, really passing it through, keeping their spirit up, up, despite all the horrors it may seem. It goes through a few trials, many obstacles before before it, where it finally reaches to an overwhelming light, causing the child to to finally reunite with his parents like parents a bit a bit more shaken, a bit more more hurt, but a lot wiser wiser like a long like it woke from a very long dream. Santiago, you watch as lights flick on one at a time from your left going out into the horizon, almost as if they're strung up above the bookshelves. And then on your right side, going out. And then a table lamp clicks on. And it's nice, and it's bright, and it's warm. And you can see that the grass of the cemetery has now become the hard wood of a study. Okay. Um, I ran out of ideas. <laughs> There's a grinding crunch, and you watch as a large tail sweeps by and smashes one of the bookcases and then disappears back into the fog. 
I would say Benjamin. No, no, no. Otis. As you all are listening to Benjamin's tale, you see a cat sitting just a little ways off, a small mouse panting in front of it, watches the mouse, attempts to dart off to the side, and the cat bats at it, knocking it back into the center. I'm going to go over by the cat. All right. I'm just going to try and grab the mouse. Just take it. Okay. You reach for it. Go ahead and make a d6 roll for me. Oh, sweet baby. Five. A five. You reach out and you manage to grab the cat, the mouse, uh, and pull it away just as the cat sweeps out at you and attempts to claw you, but you pull your hand back with the mouse just in time. Rude. Santiago, you watch as something crunches down onto the stage next to you. You look to see this reptilian feathered clawed hand splash down and pull away at the stage next to you. And I boop the cat. Sure, go ahead. I boop the cat. Boop on the snoot or pat on the head? Preferably both. Okay. The cat flinches back. There's a hisses at you. Attempts to bite at you. Or, I mean, not so much bite as swipe at you. I can I try to be friendly to the cat? Like, sure, go ahead and roll a d6 or whatever you think would work for this. Six, yeah, where's Gooby? You reach down, it tries to swipe at you, but you begin petting its head and it Seems to act in the way where it doesn't like it, but also kind of likes it. I'm going to give the cat the the good scritches, as one does. It begins to purr, and you hear a rumbling throughout the environment. Santiago, you feel just the ground shaking beneath you. Silly magic cat. Can I pick up the cat? You can certainly try. I don't like it when you say that. 
do do I have to roll to pick up cat? I would say roll to pick up cat. Okay, roll to pick up cat. Three. What I would say here is also roll one insanity die. <laughs> oh no! Magic cat. It's a magic cat four. Four. I believe for insanity, it's equal to or lower. You keep it together. I was at five. (laughs) (laughs) You reach down to pick up the cat, and as you attempt to lift it, it kind of just fades through your fingers and sits there. It kind of sits up appraisingly looking at you. You feel the fog around you all lessen and thin. The fog starts to fade away. You can see the sand around you. Santiago, you hear a screaming in your head come rushing back. What are you going to do? Um, try to uh, stay calm without paying too much attention to that. Go ahead and roll a d6. Okay. A four. Ah, uh, four. The screaming in your head is loud. You manage to keep your wits, but it feels like it's deafening. And as you are focusing on this, you feel the mist lessen around you and disappear. And you can feel that there's an object still behind you. What are you all going to do? Well, I suppose that now that we can see the sand and areas a bit more clearly, we'll slow. I would slowly step out after finishing the tail and keeping a lookout. Count for anything. If I can't pick up the cat, can I let the cat climb up? You watch. As the cat fades away. Oh no, magic cat. (laughs) It seems to break apart into sand and drop to the ground. You watch the fog lift off. All of you can see it. And the sky is still dark and thick. You now see maybe another half a mile of desert scrubland. And a tower rising up into the sky. Do we see Santiago? 
Go, yeah, go ahead and, yeah, you look around. You see him just behind you guys. There's Santiago. also, as you turn and see him, he's facing you. He looks to be in pain and lying on its side behind him, stretching 40 feet or so, is a massive shape. Something that you're all familiar with. Is it the old man? Not quite. You see its tail flick up. Its scaly skin with feathers covering it in patches. You can see it's more or less curled with Santiago kind of in its lap area. My god, is that magic cat? Is the Stubbs Eater magic cat? It just seems to be resting. Well, what are you all going to do? Well, then, then Benjamin would just tip his glasses like one would tip his hat, get and smile towards the resting creature as he would go turn back and head inside the tower. Now, the tower's still a little ways off from you all. You turn towards it and begin to head in that direction? I would. All right. What about everyone else? Following, following him for sure. I'm going to follow, but I want to make sure Santiago is following. Santiago, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to stand and just wait for a minute and then start to uh, walk over. All right. Roll 1d6 for Okay. Four. You begin to walk forward, and you get about ten feet or so, and then you watch as off to your left, a large tail kind of sweeps gently in front of you. Um, just kind of rests in, rest in front of you. Um, can I just avoid that? Yeah, if you'd like to. Yeah. You so begin to walk around it, go to the right. It's coming in from the left, kind of sweeping in, just resting on the ground. Um, I'm going to go to the right and just try to avoid that thing. All right. You can begin to move to the right. And you hear this large shuffling behind you. The tail sweeps back away from you. Otis, you watch as 
the creature's tail sweeps in front of Santiago, kind of barring his path. And as he begins to walk away from it, you watch as it rises up on its muscular forelimbs and then just tilts its head towards Santiago. Oh my god, it totally... Guys, guys, the big thing is Magic Cat and Santiago's the mouse. Oh. Can hmm. Can I walk up to Big Magic Cat, the Stubbs Eater? You can go ahead. I'ma try and get its attention. Alright. And how are you doing this? I'm just gonna uh you know, basically what you would do to get a regular cat's attention. Alright. You begin to move towards it. Its head shifts towards you. The feathers along its neck billowing out a little bit, turning from a dark green to a light yellow. I'm a try and do the same thing I did with Magic Cat, where I'm just being friendly, show no harm. It rises up on its back legs, so now it's standing. And you can see that back legs are a little shorter, so it kind of sits at an odd angle, almost like a bulldog sitting up. It just kind of tilts towards you. Its tail sweeps out in the opposite direction, kind of just lazily moving back and forth, dust billowing up from the ground. Elaine, Benjamin, are you guys doing anything? I believe I'm still heading towards the tower. All right. Uh, me being good-natured has to go back and make sure that I help, um, especially after hearing Otis remark about the thing being the cat and Santiago being the mouse. I mean, when I go to a tower, I will probably do it slowly while walking backwards facing the cat. All right. I'm going to just... Try... Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to try and slowly, like very slowly get closer to the cat to pet it. You... Now... I'm watching it. If it at any point is like, whoa, I'll stop, but, you know. You... Now, this creature is now on its forelimbs, standing about 20 feet high, just looking down at you. Are you petting it on its leg? What are you doing? Um... Whatever seems the fluffiest. Okay. Probably that would be its side or its chest. I'll go for um the side. Alright. You give it a I nice know, like, rub on the side. Horses don't like it when you go for the... Santiago, what are you doing during all this? I'm trying just to reach out with them so we can stay in a group. 
So moving back towards uh, Elaine and Benjamin? Yeah. Okay. And then Elaine, what are you doing? Um, I am trying to see if I remember anything that might help us, but am ultimately coming up void of help. Um, I don't want to pet the cat. That much I know. How far are you off from it? Again, this is a creature standing about 20 feet tall right now, and that's about 40 foot long. I, I'm keeping a decent distance. I'd say probably like 20 feet. All right. But watching it closely. Santiago, are you moving over to a lane or staying by the cat? I'm going to move. All right. And Otis, you're still petting its side? Yeah, I'm just seeing how it reacts. It kind of leans in to let you pet it for a second, then shifts away, kind of putting its head looking at you. You can see that it doesn't have eyes. It's just a head with a mouth. Um, I guess I'm going to just, I, I really don't know. I, I'm at a blank. As you stand there, you hear the low grinding rubble, rumble echo from it. And then that grumble echo goes to a higher pitch of metallic screeching. And then a low hissing sound and you watch as its feathers on its neck kind of puff out like a lion's mane and it cocks its head slightly and the lips kind of like what you've seen like a cat or dog smile raise up and the colors on the feathers begin to change Change to what? They melt away from a green and yellow and red to a dark black. But not all the feathers. Some of the feathers transition more into like a skin tone. And you can watch and see as they move. And then two of the feathers right next to each other transition so that they look like there's two eyes there. And as you watch, you watch the feathers transition to where it's almost like a moving image of a person. You see two people hunkered down in a trench, uh, military uh, gear. Uh, you can see explosions in the background, all replicated in the movement of the feathers. You watch as your brothers, both of them appear on screen, more or less. They're screen. 
panic for all its strange detail appearing in their eyes. You see that the image looks to be trenches somewhere. You can see gunfire. No sound. It's just moving silent images. Go ahead and roll an insanity check for me. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we hit the jackpot. You got a six. You're at four, right? So you gain another one. Yee. What does this do to your sanity? Um, Just like... Full insane clown chuckle, just the. <laughs> oh, you magic walk. cat, you're a silly creature. Its smile grows, and there's a low hiss, and you watch as one of your brothers falls backwards. Um, their weapon falls to the side, and you see the other one person silently scream his name and move to pick him up or help him. He's fallen out of sight, so you can't tell. What is everyone else doing? I suppose Benjamin is still slowly making his way towards the tower and being a little concerned of what he just witnessed is from afar. The roll of perception check. I just want to see if there's like anything helpful or like any clues or hints or anything. Go ahead. Six. Six. You all of this screams unnaturally wrong. There is that's a no-brainer. But you look for a second and you see Santiago's face, and uncontrolled by him is panic and terror I register that the terror is probably not him and am trying to prompt them as quietly as possible that we really need to get away from this thing and that staying here is a bad idea because it's doing the exact same thing that we saw it doing with the mouse it's playing with us. We have to get to the tower. That's still our goal. It obviously doesn't want us there. We cannot stay here and pet the magic cat. I won't pet the magic cat. Would you like to continue to lose more of your brain? Lose more? What? What's left? Apparently enough. Come on. We have to go. We gotta get out of here. This isn't good. The thing in his head knows it's not good. We gotta get out of here. The thing in his head is insane. 
You're one to talk. Well, yeah, it takes one to know one, you bingle. Santiago, what are you doing at this moment? Um, just at the bottom of the tower, just looking at them. Just running? You still have a yeah. little ways to go. It's all open ground. Are you running? Walking? No, yeah, I'm just walking. Um, okay. Trying to follow the path of Benjamin. All right. And Elaine? Well, I guess I'm following Benjamin, too. I'm still really trying to get Otis to come with us, though. And Otis, what are you doing? Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to give Magic Cat two more pats. It's been a good run, Magic Cat, but I got to go home. Apparently, I, I need to go to a funeral. Uh... And then I'm going with Elaine. All right. As you pat it, it kind of nestles your hand, then kind of gives you a push with its head, shoving you. Roll a d6 to see if you can keep your ground. I don't think so, but I'll go for it. Five. Five. You stumble forward. You don't lose your footing. Thanks, buddy. And just sit there. I'd take you with if I could, but I don't think you're gonna fit in the tower, and I don't want you hunted for sport. So. You watch as the feathers covering its face shift to the image of a rifle firing, and it keeps doing that over and over. And then it transitions to AA fire. Yeah, I don't want you to get hit by those. Um, so you stay on your island. Have fun eating stubs. I'll see you later. And hmm. I'm a go. Just walking off? Yeah. All right. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me then. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> One. You get about 10 feet before you feel your feet knocked out from under you as its tail sweeps by, knocking you to the ground. Go go ahead and roll a harm for me. Six? Six. Believe in the rules of harm, that means you take another injury. Oh, for the love of magic cat. Or, wait, subtract your harm from the die roll. Oh! Oh. What was your harm? You've rolled uh, a six. Two. two, subtract two. Four. If you roll higher, subtract your harm from the die roll. Add that number to your harm. I'm afraid... You... Well, am, I, am I dead? I'm afraid you are. Oh, sweet. how you go out. Um, As you feel your feet getting swept out from under you. Uh, you know, 
I don't know if anyone's seen uh, a Silent Place two or a Quiet Place or whatever it is. The one with the aliens that are go by sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in in the beginning uh, scene where they show when the aliens first showed up, there's this lady who's screaming and running down the street, and then one of the aliens lands on a car and smacks her, and she's just cut off instantly and, like, flies off camera. And I imagine it's like that, where it's like, ah, whoop, done. You feel your feet go out from under you. And before you even hit the ground, you feel yourself be backhand in the lane you watch as it just, in under a second, in a simple quick quick motion, it flicks its tail out, knocking him off his feet. And then with its forehand, just backhands him. And he goes flying and tumbling and rolling off across the ground. You see him smack and bounce and then land. And he doesn't move. Well, it's been a pleasure. That, ah, uh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna try to run as quietly as is humanly possible, and I'm also probably crying a little bit. Well, what about everyone uh, else? Benjamin just uh, then while going towards the tower, just temporarily takes his glasses off and holds it to his chest. As for a minute, it's been looking down in a moment as just a very brief moment of silence for him. Alright. You all are you running? Walking fast? Oh yeah. After that moment of silence, ben, when Benjamin puts his glasses back on, he'll probably run at a brisk pace. Freaking running, man. Freaking running. <laughs> Santiago? I start to run. You all hear a bubbling hiss. It breaks into a crack, like stone being shattered in half. And then this thump. And you can look and see it stand and shake itself a little bit. Dust kind of pops off. And then it cracks its head to the side, whipping it in a violent motion, and begins to thrust it for itself forward, charging after you all. I would like everyone to roll d6s. Or, I'm, I'm if you think there's. I'm exempt. You are exempt because you are dead. Hooray! Oh, Oh, no. You know what? We're doing uh, this. I'm rolling with insanity. Yes, anyone can make the roll yeah. and re-roll with insanity. If they want to add the insanity. Do it. Put your hands in the wheel of fate. Six I and a five. Six Less and a five. If you're allowing re-rolls. Yeah, if you want to add your insanity die to it. Two and a two. So... We will start with our lowest number. First off, Benjamin, how do you react as you feel your mind slip just a little bit more? 
Theopro would just breathe heavily and trying to focus on his current task of getting to the tower. You take off. You're rotting, your heart pounding in your chest. You look back, see Santiago and Elaine just a little ways behind you. They're gaining ground. They're a little bit younger and have a little bit more pep in their step. Heck yeah, we do. And then you feel your foot catch on a rut. You tumble forward, slamming into the ground. It hurts. Not enough to kill you. But it hurts. Santiago, Elaine, you watch as Benjamin falls before you. You hear the hissing, gurgling of the creature as it closes in on you all. What are you going to do? I'm going to pull Benjamin up. I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to do it. Roll a d6. Santiago, what are you doing? I'm going to try to help him to just... Both of you roll a d6. And I assume, Benjamin, you want to get up? You can roll a d6 as well. I rolled a five. I got another two. two. You try to scramble up, but you feel something give out maybe your hip. Yeah, a lance of pain shoots through your side. And then Elaine and Santiago are with you. They grab you, they hoist you up between them and start to run with you. Oh, thank heavens. Heavens. All right. We're going to play another mini game where, no. once again, everyone will take turns describing what they're going to do to try and help this escape. We will start with Santiago. Um, I probably right now I'm most accepting just death. So I'm probably just trying to look for a way to get out. With but I'm just trying to ask them if they know something. But in the very deep, I'm just. Accepting that. You, the voice in your head is consistently trying to take control, to run, to just flee. It's just, there's a sense of desperation, but also the sense of you're so close. The tower is there. You're just, so close to saving yourself. I start to freak out with the voice. All right. And yeah. All right. We will go to Elaine. Uh, how far are we from the tower? How far off? 500 feet or so. Okay. Um, the creature itself is about 200 feet behind you. You've made good time, and as you glance back, it doesn't seem to be taking this seriously. 
Hmm. All right. Well, steady on. I'm trying to keep people sane and again, acknowledging that my brain is still in the best shape. I am running and trying to make sure that nobody else is freaking out. Do I notice that Santiago's brain has started to stop working? A Rolex, uh, roll check. Figured. I got hit with that Opal Gundam style. Five. Yeah, you can see that he's cracking. I'm going to look over at him. I'm going to be like, you got to stay with me. There's only a little bit more. But I can't carry this guy without you. Oh, but. What do you think that we were going to do if we can escape up here? There is going to be nothing. We're going to be... We're not going to be the same. Even if we're not the same when we escape, we gotta try. The tower is our best bet. That's the only thing we know that can help us right now. We have to get there. And I keep running. Alright. Okay. Go ahead and just roll a d6 for me with your what is it? Personality bonus, I believe? Yes. So that's just a plus one, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's a seven then. Excellent. And Benjamin, what are you doing to try and help this escape? Well, I suppose I'll try to I, while the uh, while I'm being carried, I'll just try to give myself a nice stretch and etch and breathe at a consistent pace and such to reorientate my body to be in a better position to run on my own. All right. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me. A five. Five. Excellent. Do you, how does that look for being a five? Yeah, he. It starts off a little stiff and such, where you can hear a little bone creaking and king and in clicking as he tilts his head and extends his arms and legs and takes before tries to get him into a running position and and Ollie tries to breathe in a more consistent pace. I will run the other half of this game. Oh. You, through the panic, through the pain, and through your sense of comfort in this panicked moment you guys manage to stay just a step ahead there are moments where it lunges forward and does a swipe at you but it doesn't connect you manage to stay just out of its reach and it starts to back off to back away it slows its gait and i need santiago and elaine 
to both roll 1d6 for. Okay. <laughs> Benjamin, I will have you also roll a 1d6 for. Oh, two. Two. You watch as the creature stops its forward momentum and just kind of slows and then moves casually to the left and then to the right, kind of pacing. And you take a breather for a second as you move forward. Benjamin, you let out this sigh of relief. And then there's a weird tickle in the back of your head. And there's something you don't know. You don't know why it's there. But Elaine, there is no tickle. Instead, there's sharp fire on the edge of your nerves. It's small, but it hurts. And I will have you take one point of damage. Cool. Harm. That puts me at three. Santiago, you suddenly feel what's like an iron grasp at the back of your neck pulling you and a screaming in pain inside your head. I need you to roll 1d6 to retain control of your body. Okay. Ah, six. Six. You manage to seize control back, but it's hard. What just whoever's fighting inside your head wants control and is in pain, agony, screaming in your head. The tower stands only. 200 feet away. What are you all going to do? I suppose I am now in a position where I'll start running for myself and ask Elaine if she would know anything about well, we'll ask both Elena and Santiago of about oh, out if I should be concerned about this weird tickling at the back of my brain. You look back, Elaine. Your skin feels like it's on fire. Benjamin, as you look back, you see just. On the edges of her skin, what looks like burns. Here. Roll 1d6 for me. Three. A three. You. It's like a haze. Your brain feels fuzzy. You're, you're remembering names, but they're coming slowly. Mm-hmm. 
Santiago, what are you doing? I'm trying to comfort Benjamin uh, about the thing he said. All right, go ahead and act out as you guys would. Um, so you say that you're having that thing in your head, in your yeah. back of your head? Yeah, everything is. Oh, God. I keep thinking of these names just slowly going to my head, and my eyes are getting blurry. I know what it feels. This, this place it just wants you to go crazy and don't want you to take control of you. Just be you. You can let them win. Uh, he, the island, everything is just trying to get off of your goal. So you can do it. Benjamin takes a deep breath, nods, and say, oh, focus, focus, we're going to get out of here. We will. Are you all continuing on? Elaine, how are you doing? Considering that I am in freaking pain, I probably stopped for a second, but then yes, I continued to run as well as possible. The tower is my only goal, because I know that that's the only help that we have, and my brain is still clear, so that's my focus. I need everyone to roll a d6 again. Normally you're killing me here. I got four. I'm re-rolling with insanity, because I got a one. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. A five. Cool. And that's 2d6. Five and three. Five and a three. That's better. You all continue to push forward. Benjamin, there are things flitting out of your memory. As you move forward, you, you, you're having a harder time remembering why you're even moving forward in the first place. You have to keep reminding yourself. You're able to keep these memories, these thoughts, but they're fading. Santiago, the screaming in your head is growing louder. You keep a tap on it, but I need you to roll an insanity check for me. Okay. A one. One? You manage to hold it tight. You can hear the screams in your head growing louder, begging for mercy, begging to turn around and just go. Blaine, you can feel yourself disappearing. And it hurts. But you pushing through. You look down, you see part of your hand slowly just disappearing, falling apart almost like grains of sand. 
I take it you are all pressing on? Yep, yep, keep moving. Tower's now about 120 feet away. Everyone roll another d6 for me. Four. Four? Three. One. Benjamin, you continue to remind yourself of things. It feels like an active chore you have to do. It's just what's echoing through your head. Don't let the island control you. Get to the tower. Don't let the island control you. Get to the tower. Santiago. You you feel all your muscles seize up and you spin around and begin to run away from the tower. You can feel what feels like not your nerves, but like under your nerves is burning. The the voice in your head just neat wants to get away. It's hurting, it's in pain, it can't stay here. I will give you the opportunity to break free, but it will risk an insanity. Um, I will. Okay, go ahead. Roll a d or two d six. One will be the insanity die. Okay. Two and one. One. You continue to run. You're in pain. You need to get away from this tower. It's hurting you. Elaine, you double over in pain. You can feel the edges of your skin burning. And looking, you just see dust falling off of you. I will ask you to take uh, another point of damage. Lovely, four. What are you all doing? I suppose. Suppose Benjamin would just let's keep marching to the tower, which, while he understands it may be not be the best moral decision to leave Santiago in his current state, running away, but he is worried that if he starts walking away from the tower for any reason, his in his situation about fading memories would start to catch up and. Leave him blank. And Elaine, what are you doing? I think Elaine has come to grips with the fact at this point that she's probably just going to fade out of existence the second she gets to the tower and therefore decides to continue to keep her morals as she dies and decides to go back and try to help Santiago. All right. So it was printing back after one more d6 for everyone. Three. Four. Four. Oh, sorry. One. I'm rerolling with insanity. Go ahead. Either of you guys can also reroll with insanity if you'd like. Six and a three. 
And three and a one, so it's three regardless. Elaine, you push through the pain and you catch up to Santiago. You've stopped yourself from running. You can feel just the pain in your head. And then suddenly it's gone. It's... You feel this presence, just this hole on the back of your head slip away like smoke in the wind. One last sob, and then he's gone. Elaine, you arrive there. You're not looking so hot either. There are parts of you which are look grievously burned. Benjamin, you make it to the door. You're there at the tower. But why are you there at the tower? Honestly, to himself, if he forgot about everything, he'll be like, well, I'm just a man. I'm supposed, I sure what is beyond this door would be lovely for me. Can't, can't wait to see what's inside. As Benjamin opens the door. Yeah. You remember your yourself, your name. There are elements of you who are disappearing. You make your way inside. We're going to follow you just for a little bit and see what happens. You enter the room. For the tower itself is massive, but you enter it and it comes like a study. There are shelves lining the walls. There's a large dome above you. And you can see the stars through it. They move slightly. Most of the shelves are empty. There's a large stack along the left side of the room. And a lectern in the middle. What are you doing? Benjamin decides to just take a leisure walk around, taking a look at all the empty shelves, looking at the walls, walls, taking in the stars just a little bit. Go ahead and make an investigation check for me. I excellent. Each book has a name on its cover. It's the name of a person in a date range. You can see that many of the books they come in like collections, anywhere from three to six books with a name and a date range. As you're looking at these books, you go past near the lectern and you look down and you see a body on the ground, face down. Well, 
since Benjamin is a part of Benjamin that is is alerted to these sort of things right now is sort of faded. He probably would take a closer look at it. Yeah. Do you touch the body? What do you do? Just take a look? Just a look. It looks like this man has been here for not a long time, but a little while. You can see white, whitish gray hair coming off his scalp. You see his hands outstretched on top of a book. Uh, Benjamin just and just kneels over, kneels over, tries to take the book, look, and gives a slight salute. Uh, I suppose I suppose a study like this isn't the worst place to die, but I just hope hope that whatever story he had is it should be told. Huh? The book is like all the others. Name Otis Vandeshire. From 1919 to 1944. As you flip through the pages, you see that it's history, detailed events, words describing images and memories and elements of his life. An old veteran, veteran from the war, living the last moments of his life, life being on the edge and afraid of people. And this last chapter has something to do with sticks for some reason. I don't remember why. Benjamin marches on with the Otis book in his arms, arms continuing to ewing to just make more observations of this place. Roll one other investigation check for me. A six. Your eyes are drawn to the center of the room. There's a lectern there. Just separate from everything else. Carved stone around it. Intricate in detail. There's a book there. Though it's worn. Not just worn, rotten. And you can see ichor black dripping from the book down the lectern itself. Well, this book doesn't seem to be in the best condition, but um, uh, but uh, I suppose I could take a look. Roll 
one d10 form. D10, oh, okay. An eight. An eight. The book has a name on the side. The word copper W-O. The pages itself are unreadable, stained black. After flipping through and making sure all the pages are like this, Benjamin will close the book and put it down and like, uh, oh. There's a shuffle in the stars above you as you put the book down. You watch as they flicker and then change almost into like a swirling pattern. Benjamin takes a close look at the pattern. It's monotonous. Just floating. It doesn't seem to tell anything. It just goes in circle and circle. I would say with your sticks from before, it seems as if it's just waiting. I suppose Benjamin, after noticing the stars change after he put down the book, he picks it up again. All right. You feel the grease of the book in your hand. It's unpleasant, to say the least. The pattern remains just in this waiting state. Well, Benjamin. Holds up the book, look while in an angle where he can still look at the stars and tries to look at these seemingly blank, rotten pages from different angles and perspectives he didn't read in a thick of the first time. Go ahead and roll a d6. Dang it. One. Yes. You find nothing, but the book feels wrong, like a story that shouldn't be told. What is? What kind of horrid condition is this? This book in? I suppose Benjamin would just just again just take the rotten book by his side and walks around. All right. It's not long where you come to the end of the shelves where they start to empty out and are barren. And you see an interesting collection. Four separate sets that look brand new. One Otis Wagner. One Elaine Rossi, another for you, and another for Santiago. Benjamin Ben is intrigued by these books with his name. 
name and gives them a look. All right. Which one do you pick up? There's five books, each one spanning a decade or so. Benjamin didn't, since he forgot the memories of the urgency of the situation, takes his time to at least take a few glances of all five books. All right. While you're thumbing through these books, we're going to go back to Santiago and Elaine. You stand there. Santiago, your head feels clear, but you can see that Elaine is in pain. What are you two going to do? I speak with struggled breath. We have to keep going. We can't turn around. We were so close. I know that you want to get out of here, but I can't just keep going. No, we have to. We don't have a choice. If we go back out into the forest, we die. If we sit here, it's only a matter of time until we die from lack of food. The only way out of here is the tower. We have to go. I know, but maybe we have to die. There's nothing more to do. I'm not quitting that easy. Elaine. Whether you're going whether you're going with me or not, I'm going. Roll one D six for me. Okay. Uh, six. I got a five. Nice. You watch Santiago. Santiago, you watch as more of a lane dusts and falls away. You can see that for whatever reason, she's losing. Parts of herself. You also feel a tingle in your head. Not a pain, not a voice, but a tickle, like something forgotten. Or something being forgotten. Um... I will sit down and just watch around me, um, prepare for death. Elaine? I'm not sitting and waiting to die. I'm not a quitter. All I'm right. running back toward the tower because I did everything I could to get him to come with me. All right. Uh, make a d6 for me. Figured. Sorry. I'm rerolling with insanity. All right. That's not good. Two. You make your way to the door. Take another damage. Okay. You feel your legs give out underneath you. You're right there. You're right at the edge. You can look back to see Santiago just kind of slumped there. 
Santiago, are you staying put or will you be staying there? I will stay there. All right. I take it, Santiago, do you have any will to fight left? No. You feel numbness, not in your body, but in your brain. You start to think back onto your life. And you can watch as blank spots appear here and there. The last thing to go, or well, out of all the things you could remember in your life and all the things that could be forgotten, what's the last thing that you would forget? Um, That maybe I could escape off the island, but nothing more. All right. As everything fades away, there's that thought that lingers. Escape could have been possible. It could have, could have done it. Elaine, you're at the door. You have just but to open it and step through. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Roll one final d6 for me. Gotcha. If you have anything you want to add to it, or anything you want to argue to add to it, go ahead. I'm going to roll with insanity. Go ahead. Actually, I'm going to just try normal first, and then if it's bad, I'll re-roll. Okay. A four. Four. You push open the door and stumble in. You fall to your knees, because as you look back, you see that your legs are more or less gone. You feel the tingling pain in your body fade a little bit, but you can look and see that the deterioration that's there hasn't gone away. Benjamin, you hear a door open. A thud as something hits the floor. Benjamin rushes the door and says, Oh, a visitor? Visitor with me in this in this lovely little study? Okay. You go over and see a woman scarred nearly beyond recognition. Benjamin just pulls her by the arm and says, Oh, oh, uh, oh, you look hurt. Uh, here, get. Come with me to the study. It's a nice place to relax after the damage you see did went through. I acquiesce with a sad smile, understanding that while I've lost bits of my body, he's lost bits of his mind. Well, I could imagine after he fully gets her in the study, is like, oh, well... You seem to have went for a bit of an adventure, adventure young lady. What's your name? I take a deep breath, hoping my lungs still work. Elaine. Elaine Rossi. Well, Elaine. Funny. I think I found this stretch of books that includes some of, 
um, um, that are named after me. And I think, and I could have sworn there are a couple of books named Elaine as well. Yeah, funny this place is. Very funny. Uh, I mean, I've, I saw this peculiar case where I touched this rotten book with nothing written in it, and it caused the stars I see for the ceiling to spin. So I still remember everything. Can I roll a perception check to see if I see anything he might have missed? Yeah, go ahead. Your memories are still intact. Sweet. I mean, yeah. Five. Five. You look across the study, you see it's half-empty bookshelves. You see the lecterns standing just in the middle of the room. Empty now of any book. Does there appear to be any way out or anything that's out of place or anything that needs fixing? I mean, I did just mention the book in his horrid rotten conditions. Well, if anything here needs to be fixed so far, it's probably that. Hmm. Yeah, Benjamin probably just just goes over and shows her her the rotten book. Alright. You see a dripping black book. The word copper on the side. Two pick up one of the volumes with my name on it and place it on the lectern. All right. What, what volume would you pick up? There's only three or even two. The first one. All right. That's first 13 years or so of your life. Any place you want to flip open to? Watching my great-grandma sing in opera houses. You flip open to these early memories. And you find the page describing her sing. The beautiful melody of the song. The way she would tilt back and give it all. Just beautiful. And as you read, you watch the stars above shift and converge and the colors change until it's your memory in the window above you. Wow. Is 
their writing implemented Make an investigation check for me. Okay. A four. A four. You don't see any. Well, actually. You see a small table off to the side. And on it are is a book and multiple sheets of paper. What does the book say? You see that it's entitled Lear Van Adams, and it seems to be his memories from his 20s. And you see that the pages off to the side are also pages from his 20s. And you look and you see that the page that it's flipped open to, he was copying it down and writing it on a sheet of paper. It's a memory about him spending time with his father at the park, just drinking sodas and enjoying the afternoon. I distantly remember that Lear Van Adams is the name of, or at least Lear is the name of the boy that I met at the funeral. And then Van Adams is the last name of the professor who had all the secrets about the island, but we can't do anything about that because Santiago quit. I do want to see if I can take up a pen and start to See what changing bits of stories does. All right. Your own stories or how, what are you doing? Describe what you're doing. I want to pick up the most recent volume of the story that has my name on it and flip to the more recent pages. You flick through, and it's full of aggressive vocabulary. A page you flip to describes a young woman being shot by a misguided detective. And then the next page describes a woman finding herself trapped in a strange place that she doesn't understand. And it describes your experiences from your viewpoint. I can only imagine Benjamin paying a toast to the memory, starting off as, oh, that sounds horrible. But when it gets to the point where he interacts with him, it's like, wait, is that me? I don't remember this. What? Yes, Benjamin will just absorb this memory and disbelief. I try to 
scratch out the bits where I fade and write back in that it didn't happen and see if that changes anything. Make an insanity check. Okay. Six and a five. Six and a five. Let's. You begin to scratch out the names. And as you scratch it out, the name and begin to write, the name rewrites itself. And you try going to the very end and writing new things onto the page. And that rewrites itself. And makes itself a copy of what you're doing at that moment describing and she began to write on the pages cutting out words and they rewrote themselves i look very very frustrated That had to have worked. What are we missing? How do we get out of here? Get out? You don't remember. No, but... It's just strange how... means how we sat through a book of your life where apparently I was a part of it. And yet I don't remember that. You've been through similar atrocities. Why can't I remember? It's this place. Hey. Hey, now see why. Hey, this... That he probably isn't the best place to stay off for too long, but you said something how this Santiago fellow in your memories had something in his head that would have. And a piece of a puzzle. We Hopefully, have. We have. I remember seeing his name and as well, well among the pile of books over there. Oh. And That's a brilliant idea. I want to go and pick up the most recent volume of Santiago's Life and flip to, there was a thing mentioned that we needed that we just skimmed right over and I need to know. You... What specifically are you trying to look for here? It started with an A and then Adam said we needed it, but no one else was listening. <laughs> I can't remember... The memories in Santiago's head 
as you read through it, it describes Lear desperate to escape this place to fix or to run from what he they what had happened. Clawed his way into the head of someone whose brain was already fractured to push out the memories that had taken root there and to try and make his way. But sadly, as it describes Santiago's story, it describes how Van Adams eventually faded away and Santiago was free. But the weight of the island had crushed him. And you read and see the book describing memories disappearing. And you can see the glimpses inside Santiago's head. And then there's a final page. And this ends the story of Santiago Ruiz. Well, that's unhelpful. Well, he had someone else in his head. If I can, if I found, they managed to find names of us and the people who we've lost along the way to get it here. There are plenty of other books. You're right. Are there any books that have Lear's name on them other than, like, the earlier volumes? You find them. It takes a little bit of time. But you find them. There's only a couple other volumes. But you find them nestled next to some volumes by Vandeshire. I'll pick up the most recent one and see if there's anything on how to get out of here. You read. And it starts a story of panic and desperation. The story of Lear, as you read into it, is that things went wrong. There was peace that disappeared. and. He just wanted to get away, but he he knew that maybe things could be fixed. He knew there had to be a way to escape just the torment that they were now in. He had remembered Vandeshire and what they had done, and it tells how the two had read the stories of their lives and put them down uh, on the lectern and watched the memories that they cherished. Although now all he could see is these memories of the world they were in now. And the only hope he had was that perhaps he could run back to those memories again. Vandershire. That's right next to it. Guess I'll read those ones too. Tells the story of an elderly gentleman 
called upon to serve for his country to explore uh, an island of unknown origin. It tells a story of how he lived a life here, but he was sad. So he would come to the tower and look up memories of his past, of his family that he had ended up leaving behind that he knew he couldn't go back to. And so he would copy the pages and put them in again at the end of his book. And he would set the book down on the lectern and it would refashion the island for him to revisit and how he and Van Van Adams would do that. And then they got a visitor and the whole island suffered for it. Well, Benjamin, I'm about out of plan. What do we do? Benjamin just looks around the room looking for the de- any details he hasn't seen that he perhaps hasn't seen in before. Roll an investigation. Four. Four. You skim the books, the room itself isn't large. You easily scour the shelves. You find these stories about these two men. You find tales of other people who came and who came. And all the while, the sky continues to play the memories of Elaine's grandmother. Wait. We never put those books on the mantle that Hansel, and we only ever showed your books in the stars. It's worth a shot. Benjamin removes the Elaine book and takes the time to put all the more interesting books of what we've looked at so far on that that mantle. What do you search for as you look? What event do you want to see? Like some event that that shows was like a like a side of the the island, like some kind of connective tissue almost. Something that shows us a glimpse of how this island may work. It's easy enough to find. You simply flick back through Vandeshire Van Adams notebooks. It talks about how the island seeks out memory and how by 
using their books on the tower, they could go back to the memories that they had lived before. That they could visit days they had seen. How much insight that we haven't already seen? As and then Benjamin places the book with that page open on that mantle to see how it would look like in the stars. Hmm. You see a memory in the sky above of an elderly gentleman. You've seen him before in a painting in a family living room on a boy's birthday. He places a book down looks up at the ceiling above and smiles and then nods his head and turns around and steps out the door. Yeah, Benjamin actually takes a little look as that memory of Visiting the the little birthday party sort of comes back. You remember it? It's... How would you remember it? Good memory? Yeah, it's just something about seeing those faces, like, felt like his own personal purple fog inside his mind clear up. Up mm. of that tall particular moment. Yeah. And you remember it clearly. We went in these memories. This tower. Yes. This tower isn't just a looking glass into memories. It might be the thing that led us inside those memories on the way here. It's a giant projector. And it seems to have projected those memories so well that, oh, that it went beyond to the borders of the side of the island that allows us to step into them. This whole island is probably just a series of mirages that come from this projector. I follow. Was the really, really old, nasty book, the copper book, was that open on the lectern, or was it just sitting there? I believe it was just sitting there. We gotta open it to a page. Takes the current book off and opens up the nasty book and puts it on the mantle. You open it up and put it on the mantle? Yeah. Just to any page? Any page. Flipping it open, the stars above seem to flash violently and sputter into each other, crashing and falling and sliding away until it's just this empty blackness. And then... You see a field 
It's long and wide and open. The grass is green. And then it burns. And you watch as fire spreads across the field and catches and you watch as shapes seem to appear above the grass and they catch flame and it looks like people running and screaming and burning and then disappearing and the whole field goes up in flames. I think we might have found out that visitor that ruined everything. This copper thing. Benjamin tries flipping through the pages to see if it makes any visual difference. It's in the stars. Every page you flick through changes the scene above. And each one is alien and strange and horrifying. You see just one image is like a cathedral, yet it's gilded in gold and shining, and yet there's blood dripping from the windows. And then you flip to another page, and you see a large beast, feathers and scales covering its body. And then you flip to another page, and you see a man walking along a road, and just a cloud of darkness following in his wake. Well, the creature jogs Benjamin's memory some more, saying, "This is this single book is responsible for all the unexplainable stuff." What if we rip it? Read it. What if we rip it? Rip it. Well, I suppose. Well, then. Uh, and this sort of chaotic story probably probably could do some rearranging as Benjamin slowly rips it. Go ahead and roll 1d6. A four. A four. Go ahead. What are your health and sanity stats at? Saint. Insanity is at three, zero harm. Go ahead and roll one harm. Uh, oh, God. Six. If you roll higher, subtract your harm from the roll. Zero from six. You rip the book and feel a wave of pain and it racks through every muscle fiber in your body and you feel numbness immediately begin to spread out you take six points of damage 
what are your last thoughts as your body falls to the ground? There's no... The story has no consistency. The story has no end. Just burn everything. Burn it all. And Elaine, you watch as Benjamin, his skin turns black and he falls to the ground. You can see blood beginning to leak out from underneath. No, this isn't right. This isn't... This isn't how it goes. I... I already died. I shouldn't be the last one alive. And he... took my suggestion and... He's gone. Uh-oh. Something to do with this book. With... Benjamin's death. I think we will leave it there and call this an end to our story. So is Elaine just going to starve in that room? (laughs) That will be up to the future to decide, but I want to thank everyone for playing and thank all our listeners for joining us and wish everyone a good night. Well, that was a bit of a Sad ending. Yeah, well, it's almost yeah. Like I, I kind of, I honestly kind of wanted, wondered what did you, would we have had to do to get it even a bittersweet ending out of this? Yeah, how the heck would we have won? Uh, put the book on, put a good book on, and walk out the door. Walk out. Oh, the- I knew it. <laughs> oh yeah, there was like no hints of walking out the. They literally told you. You ask the man, puts the book on the lectern, and walks out the door. Oh, fuck. God, if only I hadn't gotten just absolutely slapped into next week, my brain was like, oh, I'll just put my book on the lectern. I had that thought and didn't follow through with it. God damn it. I figured end it there on at least a dramatic ending rather than drag everything out a little bit longer. Yeah, I hope that was alright. Drag that on for yeah. even fifteen more minutes. It will be tomorrow. Exactly. It already is tomorrow in my time zone. <laughs> Sorry. Alright, y'all. That said, I do have to go. I have okay. to hang out yeah, with I the got person. Work. Well, again, thank you all for playing. I had a great time. I hope you guys had a good time as well. And I thank bid you, you all a good night. Have a good night. You too. Thank you all for listening to our special one shot in the month of October. We hope you have been enjoying this mini campaign. 
Don't forget that you can listen to the podcast on the Agent Journey Podcast website, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Links will be in the description below. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. You can support the podcast on Patreon and join our Discord. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.